Welcome back to the Money Clip Podcast. This is episode 38. Your host, Raymond Brown and David Evans. How's it going, David? Hey, what's up, Ray? It's going well, man. Another volatile day in the market, so always a good time to be alive. Yes, sir. So today <laughs> we're going to talk about uh, what price to rise. Absolutely. Excuse me. I'm, and, and this is important because I think sometimes it can be overcomplicated to people. Uh, they look for kind of all these macro and micro kind of economic events going on. GDP is contracting. GDP is ex- expanding. You know, we didn't get a second uh, coronavirus stimulus bill. All these kind of whys people try to attach to markets rising, individual stocks rising. But the simple thing about it is if there's more buyers than sellers, it's going up. And if there's more sellers than buyers, it's going down. That's, <laughs> that's the, the, the simple way to look at it. It's buying pressure or selling pressure. And who is in charge of any individual stock or sector or anything like that? Yeah, yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree with that. You know, and a couple of topics we're going to touch on is just going to be, you know, tech stocks. Um, you know, they are extremely volatile. And then we're going to talk about Nikolai, if you guys are familiar with Nikolai and what uh, he's trying to do in the transportation space and also Tesla and Apple. Yes, sir. Uh, so, so to start us off with tech stocks, you know, at least from my experience, what you will see is a, a large run-up. And what I mean by run-up is uh, a lot of companies that are in this uh, stock or um, uh, tech sector will see a high, uh, very large volatility, which we, what I mean by that is a stock price going from $100 to $110 maybe in a matter of uh, matter of hours in the same day. And then you also see that in a negative sense to have a uh, tech stock dropping in price relatively um, 20 to $15 before the end of close. Um, and so it just, what you're seeing in that is volatility in, uh, in a positive way and a negative way. Yes. And you hit the nail on the head with volatility. And I think um, on both sides of the ledger, it's usually overreacted to. Right. So when stuff is kind of going up in a very volatile manner, I mean, just kind of racing to new either all time highs or daily or weekly highs every day or week. I think people are a little too over exuberant and euphoric uh, to the upside. Right. So people are kind of the term me and you talk about a lot. Right. Chasing. Right. People end up kind of chasing a price because uh, two things start to play uh, onto, onto your emotions as an investor. One of them is a fear of missing out. Right, something's kind of rising on high volatility. You might be on social media or YouTube and you see all these people allegedly making all this money on these different stocks. And you're like, man, I'm missing out on all this easy money, right? I know yeah. that, that's a term you probably hate too, right? Right, Easy money, right? And you right. see people kind of chase, chase it that way. And then another way is uh, the euphoric kind of complacency way that stocks rise, meaning um, the good times are gonna be here forever. I think we had a little bit of that back in uh, late February, early March. I know a lot of people attribute the coronavirus to the huge kind of dump that stocks had, but also kind of look at the just the complete rise of the market pre that, right? For almost 10 years straight, if you bought the market on almost any Monday and sold it on that Friday, you made money, right? That's absurd, right? But no one seems to complain when the volatility is kind of working in their favor. But if you're able to kind of look at that volatility objectively, you can really kind of capitalize on some of the individual stocks that you named that we'll talk about 
about their kind of rises and declines and, and getting the most out of your investment, as, you, as we like to say, pushing that dollar forward. Right, exactly. And, you know, so for one of the main stocks that's been in the news quite frequently or even talked about in the market is Nikolai. So Nikolai is another transportation company that uses uh, hydrogen and uh, electric batteries, uh, primarily for the uh, semi industry, but plans to come to the plans to create a uh, vehicle that's going to be used for the general public or the general market. And starting out, they had a decent IPO. Um, it's a relatively new company. And uh, as soon as coronavirus hit, the uh, stocks tank. Um, and I think that was not only a psychological, uh, I think, cause and effect type of deal, um, but they weren't really making that much progress as far as uh, actually bringing vehicles to production. Even though they had a lot of vehicles or a lot of contracts or, uh, I guess, letters of intent to purchase X amount of vehicles. Um, I did purchase uh, Nikolai for a little bit and did get some gains from Nikolai. Uh, but I I knew that he could talk the talk, but I didn't know if he could walk the walk. Mm-hmm. And just and just recently, uh, they got a $2 billion investment. So basically, GM owns 11% of Nikolai right now. And that is huge because Nikolai gets so much uh, bad rep um, from the, the consumer. I want to say the consumer base, but... Um, social media, um, people not thinking that they're actually going to be capable of delivering the things that they're going to deliver to. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you watch the market today, what you'll see is a large pump uh, of investors from the news. Um, so if you got in early, good for you. Um, but I'll stay worried because it's, it's going to be due for a correction. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's the kind of what we just talked about, right, with the kind of chasing a market uh stocks like this are a perfect example i'm actually i just pulled the stock chart up uh it's up 40 percent. it was up 40 percent today um, like the, <laughs> wow yeah those those kind of moves and that wasn't the that was just the close i think it, at its highs it was up closer to 50 percent on the day um but, th- but those are the type of moves to be completely honest this isn't this probably isn't going to be a popular opinion but those are the type of moves you actually want to stay away from uh as a investor or trader because you're elevating your risk to just astronomical levels uh chasing things like this um because you you don't even really know why you're getting in you're just hoping that it goes higher for some you know esoteric reason that you probably haven't done your research on um so those are the kind of moves looking back on where you and, and there's probably a lot of tears in tesla stock right now for the same reason where when you look back on it it's just like what was i thinking you know, like, why am I chasing this right. thing? There's so many great companies that already have proven business models, proven ways of uh, expanding their market share and creating profits year over year. Why am I chasing fantasies uh, in a market that allows you to use leverage anyway? But, I mean, I'm glad you got some gains out of it, though, right, man? I, I'm always, I always like hearing about a winner, you know? So <laughs> that's always a good thing. But uh, just from a kind of the, what, what we talked about earlier, why stock prices rise, uh, I know the GM news is big, but you you can't just you can't isolate good news and forget about the backdrop. Right, we're in one of the worst recessions since 2008. Uh, record high unemployment. Uh, are people really buying forty, fifty thousand dollar electric cars right now? Like, are, is that a reality? Right, mass layoffs, waves of bankruptcies, things like that. And I think all of that kind of leaves people's mindset 
when they see something as exciting as a stock popping 40%, they're just like, I got to be in, right? And, uh, you know, all of the facts surrounding what's actually going around in an economic climate kind of disappear, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's uh, it's one thing to have an investment. And, yes, GM, they do plan to make a vehicle together, which is huge. Mm-hmm. But when you think about the, the market as a whole uh, and what it's going to look like, you know, not only now, but possibly after the election, there's going to be a massive correction. You know, all the money that was pumped to the market um, is going to have a cause and effect. Yes, sir. And, um, you got to make sure that you're on the right side of the market when that happens. You know, right now, you're kind of seeing – uh, what could potentially happen or what's going to be what's going to be due to happen uh, relatively soon um, based on uh, just simple economics. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, at least with Tesla, you know, Tesla is uh, I like I like the car and I think the, the founder and the CEO of the business uh, or the company is amazing, intelligent, intelligent guy. Um, but I think that the stock is definitely inflated um, when I think about. Uh, car companies and what they're trying to do, even though Tesla is is more than a car company, it's it's a, a technology company. Um, I think that people have you know pumped it up so much uh, with so much hype and enthusiasm. No one's expecting to get the tank. Um, I think them doing the uh, stock split was uh, super strategic. Yeah. Um, and I think that there we there'll be more gains, but there'll probably be more sad faces and happy faces when the time comes. I think you're completely right. Again, um, this is another stock, uh, another word I like to use um, to keep me disciplined is parabolic moves, just kind of ridiculous moves to the upside. And usually what happens on these these kind of tops and rotations is you have the, the most undercapitalized investors and traders entering the market. Right. So I'm not here to knock anyone on Robin Hood or TD Ameritrade, E-Trade, any of these apps. I use TD. Um, but when you chase a market and you, you don't even have the stomach or the risk tolerance to even deal with the volatility, it creates kind of a panic if it doesn't just continue to keep going higher right away. You know, and, and that panic can incite, you know, this kind of rapid selling. Like Tesla today was down 21, closed down 21%, down $88 just today. Just wow. today, you know what I mean? So, and, and that's something where if you're looking at it objectively, I actually bought Tesla a couple of seconds before the close got in at three three thirty fifty. So there you go, listeners, you know where I've long Tesla at. Um, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but if you're able to look at it objectively, you know, you can kind of say, okay, now it might be overdone, but it wouldn't surprise me to be honest with you, right? That this thing didn't fall another hundred dollars, you know, and hit a major support at a 200 and 250 level. Like, that wouldn't be anything that I'd be like, what? How did this happen? What is going on? You know, I think that's probably where I'd get even more interested in, in, in getting into the options on it and things like that. But that's Tesla is, Tesla is the best example, I think, of what's wrong with trading tech stocks, if you know what I mean, like in investing in tech stocks. I think it's the worst example because so many people made so much money that uh, the complacency just kind of ran rampant in this trade or in this investment. And people just expected it to go from, I think it was 2,500 pre-split, right? And then split to 500 a share. And people thought at the split, it would go from 500 back to 1,000. But those same people didn't want to buy it at 2,500 post-split 
but it's the same price. The stock is just split into fifths, you know? So it's, it's like little things like that that people, I think, have missed on with a stock like this. Right, because they're, you know, like we talked before offline, they're not really consider, considering the valuation of the company. Right. You know, um, so the next thing we're going to move on to is going to be Apple. Apple is a great, a great business, a great company. <clears throat> but from my personal perspective, I think that uh, they're not really completely exceeding the, the innovation piece. You know, I think that they are super strategic as far as saving the, the amount of capital that they do have. Mm-hmm. And they're acquiring small businesses to, you know, kind of stay in the competitive edge. But I don't think they're pushing the envelope when it comes to creativity, uh, at least from uh, like an iPhone's perspective. You know, like the, the, the two cameras to the three cameras to the four cameras. I don't know how many. <laughs> how many Instagram know, um, famous, man. Instagram famous. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, but... You know, just thinking about the split and the fact that they can actually, you know, repurchase their shares at a you know dramatic rate to increase the value of shares for shareholders. I think that's I think that's cool, but I think long term we're we're kind of expecting more from Apple. And you know, if things don't change, yeah, you know, eventually, well, I'm not really sure how far the cash will take them, especially if we start moving more into a cryptocurrency type of lifestyle. Um, but I definitely see how Apple is a hot stock because everyone knows it. Everyone, a lot of people have iPhones and just doing a split attention around uh, Apple, especially prior to doing a split. Correct. Yeah, the, the split was big for Apple because it also made it a affordable hot stock, right? It went from being, I believe, $450 pre-split to uh, close today at one twelve eighty two, so it's, it's something where it's not a, a really comfortable level to own. You know, like oh, I'll buy a share of Apple four hundred dollars. It's a very almost relatable stock if you follow stocks at all, and it is a bellwether stock. So as it goes, the market goes. Right, it's the heavy, heaviest weighted stock in most hedge funds and on most indexes. So it's a huge, it's a behemoth of a company. But you t- you touched on something pretty interesting about how they use their money. Uh, they, they've, they've definitely been criticized for not being very innovative. And not taking a lot of risks with kind of mergers and acquisitions. So acquiring companies and expanding, they're almost using the exact opposite model of Google, right? Uh, just kind of playing it safe. And then also, uh, they're kind of rewarding shareholders, but not customers, which is kind of interesting. That's because the customers are ones that make the share price go higher. So where they lack in innovation, they make up in share buybacks, right, at lower prices. So it's, it's quite interesting that you brought that up because that's something I've never really thought about that they're almost turning into their own kind of financial instrument at this point, right? Where they're just kind of looking out for uh, their millionaires and billionaires as opposed to creating the most innovative products year over year. Now that could change, you know, 5G is on the way, so we'll see. But yeah, Apple was another one that was high flying and people started seeing value in it just because of the split. So the price came down, but the valuations were still the same. It's just a lower price because they split the stock. So buying this thing at 125 if you didn't want to own it at 450 doesn't really make a ton of sense. Right. You know, and you know, kind of touch based on all the things that we mentioned, you know, when we're thinking about what causes a share price to rise, you're either going to have uh, wide sector movements or you're going to have uh, news uh, related to, you know, an economic trend. Uh, or you're going to just have a hot stock that people really know and, and they're kind of controlling what they want the stock to do. If they want it to rise, then they're going to buy a lot of it. 
that they want to decline. Mm-hmm. They want to sell a lot of it. Um, and the only way that happens is if a large amount of people or people with large amount of uh, funds or capital have the ability to move the market, just like SoftBank did. Yeah, yeah, that that was an interesting move, right? <laughs> yeah, what a yeah. Um, that was that was something I had to screenshot, and I saw the guy on the front with his hand out. I'm like, wow, that was that's the yes. pose. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you do it, right? The the joke I tell people: it's the easiest way to make a billion dollars, and then start with two billion. You know, <laughs> quickest way, man. Quickest way. Yeah, man. If if you if you have if you have the amount of the amount of money that is necessary to move the market, then you can move the market, um, and that and that can create volatility or more attraction and and shoot off indicators. For your your um your day traders say hey wow this this company is trading at this level of RSI I'm like oh maybe I should go ahead and jump on this and get some quick gains yeah. so you know today it was just going to be you know a quick quick episode you know just to let you all know like what's going on in the market if you're trying to figure out like why is this stock moving so fast and why is this one declining so fast and why is this one not doing anything it's moving sideways these are a couple of things or a couple of uh, businesses that you can emulate or even think about to try to understand why companies or stocks move Absolutely. the way that they do, you know? So, so, you know, me, me and David, we really appreciate everyone coming to the money clip podcast. You know, if you have any additional questions, please feel free to reach us out on uh, money clip podcast at gmail.com or through our social media channels, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn. Yes, sir. Thank you guys so much for the continued support for sure.